Hello listeners, and welcome to Retrospective Replay Episode 5, a serialised podcast taking an in-depth look into video games. This is Season 3, Dino Crisis. My name is Ian, and with me tonight is Michael. Good evening. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm okay, yeah. Well, kind of. My kind son of, is okay. a bit ill, and I feel a bit ropey myself, but I'm sure I'll be fine. Do you have day. COVID? No, I think it's just lack of sleep, because he it, had a cough. I think it's knocking about the place, though. A lot of people, and now it seems to be the case that it's in the younger population. People with children are more susceptible to having COVID, or so I've heard that... Um, it's people who are going to nursery, daycare, school, age, primary, secondary, all of that. That's where COVID is. Whereas the rest of the population, are, it's not as much of an issue. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure I'll be fine. No problem. In day or two, we'll be all right. Hopefully. How's your week been? Uh, it's Tuesday. No, wait, it's not. It's Monday. But it's, well, since last week, since we recorded last week. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been a, it feels like it's been a long week, even though it's not been... A week at all yeah it's been all right i suppose <laughs> i can't complain it's very autumnal it's very yeah it is temperature's dropped a bit yeah some days i'm in single figures this week temperature wise yes, there's very nice foliage foliage that's what i said foliage is that from the simpsons <laughs> or is it family guy it's simpsons, simpsons. Yeah. it's marge and lisa yeah. it's i think it's actually the episode where do they go to the, the apple oh, pressing cider place. If it's Tanya and Brown, you're in Cider Town. Is that the one? If it's is yeah, it if it's if it's cloudy and yellow, you've got juice there, fellow. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. I had actually looked that up. You know, um, the difference between apple juice and cider, because obviously cider here is you know alcoholic, alcoholic yeah. drink, but over there they call it hard cider. That's how you know what the actual alcoholic drink is. So, so cider is just an unfermented, like apple drink really unsweetened unfermented i think so is it like but does it have all bits in it if it's tangy and brown then i'm assuming it's like unfermented scrumpy cider here probably probably similar to that yeah but it's not uh not alcoholic of course okay. well i mean uh, something's only alcoholic if you let it the sugars in it ferment so i guess if you were to just smash up some apples so oh i did have a patch note i'm gonna pop it on the front this time okay when you were talking about that film, the one with Littlefoot, what did you call it again? The Land that The Land that Time Forgot? Something like that. Is it not The Land Before Time? Could be that. That's probably it. Yeah, I was just thinking today when I was going back over the going back over the recording, I was like, oh, is it Land Before Time? I think that's that's what the one it is. I mean, you know, it might have had different names in different regions as some films do, especially animated things. I'm not sure. I think maybe it is The Land Before Time, but I think you're right. I think The, the Land That Time Forgot is some, there's another film. I'm not entirely sure now. I, d- I knew it 90%, so that's close enough. The land that time forgot. 1974, during World War One, a German U-boat sinks a British ship and takes survivors on board. All right, okay, yes. It is still about um, dinosaurs because they end up going through into a... They go through a cavern, don't they? And they end up in a... Um, that's what I was, yeah. Exactly what it is, the land that time forgot, where it's like a... They go through... Go through like a underwater cavern system and come up, and it's got yeah, like yeah. cavemen and dinosaurs and things, doesn't it? Yeah. So we were both right. Yes, both we were both right. About dinosaurs. So anyway, on the socials, 
as always, Twitter at RetroReplayPod, Facebook Retrospective Replay Podcast, Gmail Retrospective Replay at gmail.com. So where do we leave it last week? We had to make the decision just, between Kate No, no. I think we just inputted the password to go into the computer room. Did we? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think the password was energy. And we moved through into the experiment situation room. Straight into a cutscene, Regina walks into the room and there's a loud roaring sound. That's like, it's it's not like a roar, like an animal roar, but it's like a like a mechanical slash electrical roaring, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like almost like a waterfall. There's a weird portal in the middle of the table, isn't there? Yeah, the camera looks around and we see what it's making, and it's like a weird energy. And all of a sudden, it dissipates into nothingness, and we're in a lab, and there's lots of computers, and in the corner, there's a locked escape hatch with the word I think it has exit or emergency wrote on it. Mm. Yeah, emergency catch or something that's the yes the emergency hatch isn't it and there's a couple of items there's a large tranquilizer and i assume you push these shelves and got the the great rewards so we've got some shotgun stocks for faster reloading there's a journal in the middle of the table and it's quite a long one but it gives us a nice bit of background information here it's a doctor's journal and that's even Dr. Kirk's journal, and it reads, It is easy to unleash any kind of power. The real task is keeping the power under control. The improvement of the initializer ignition device has enhanced energy efficiency. Despite the progress, we've been unable to advance the development of the stabilizer safety value since the accident that happened three years ago. The third energy theory will surely alter human history. But as long as there is uncertain element regarding the control of this power, even if it is only 0.1% of probability, my work will be nothing more than a terrible failure. The restraining of the power stabilizer we used in tonight's experiment was insufficient. The area affected by the excess energy is estimated to be in a radius of 3300 feet. The result of tonight's experiment may please the military people in a sense. The giant creatures that emerged just after the experiment have given me much inspiration. The most important thing to do right now is to leave here safely. As soon as I finish analysing the data, I'll evacuate via a bottom floor. So that's obviously Dr. Kirk talking about the experiment. I mean, it looks like you just literally wrote them notes and then Scarbert probably. Yeah, Dr. Kirk. So you related to Captain Captain Kirk. (laughs) I don't think he is. Probably not. James T. James Tiberius Kirk. Tiberius, that's the one. So there's nothing else to do in here. So you leave the room again and you go back to Gale and he's still sat at the terminal. Have you noticed like he sits at the terminal and he, and he hits the keys away. What could he be doing on the terminal? I'm assuming they have to log on the terminal, right? Yeah. So what could he do, what could he do on it? I mean, he's not going to have a login. He's no computer hacker. He doesn't work for the company or, or unless he's, some, you know, something going on fishy there, but... No idea. Yeah. Weird, isn't yeah. it? Regina walks up to him and tells him he's not there. And Gail asks why, and then adding that the operation is taking too long. The music confined then plays, and a voice says, Warning, the emergency system has been activated. Emergency lockdown And all the doors begin to lock with like blast shutters. Regina asks what's going on, and Gail tells her that Kirk must have tripped off the security system. It refers to him as a fool. The radio then beeps. It's Rick. And he asks what the status is. He says he's reading an emergency lockdown in progress in this area. Regina tells Rick they're trapped inside that Kirk must have set it off as they hadn't touched anything. Rick then asks if she can clear it, 
and Regina tells him she'll see what she can do. Gail looks at the console again and asks what's wrong with the thing, and Regina tells him to cool it and they'll find a way out somehow. Gail then sits back down at the machine and starts typing again. Honestly, what's he doing? He's writing his memoirs. He must be. It's all he can be doing, right? Before, like you said last week, you pulled the panel off straight away, but it hasn't been done. Now is the time to pull the panel yeah. off and then interact with the puzzle. I already had the panel off, so I was uh, one step ahead of you. See, that's been <laughs> forward thinking. And this puzzle, it's a quite a hard one. It's like, you remember that game Pipe Mania? No. Where you have to connect the pipes from the, from the start to the end. It'll be partially connected and you've got to like either drop in new pipes or move okay, pipes yeah. around as the water's yeah, yeah. flowing down. And it's kind of, it looks a bit like that apart from there's no water that flows after a certain amount of time. You just basically have to connect the pipe. So there's a picture as a reference and it splits off into three parts. And you have to put these three parts down in a right order. But they can also rotate across yeah. from like 90 degrees four ways so you can have four orientations and i found this to be quite difficult it was quite difficult but it was probably close to five minutes for me to solve it yeah yeah however once it's done um it flashes up on the machine circuit restored emergency lockdown is bypassed and we drop back to the game and the voice comes back over and says emergency lockdown has been bypassed you have 10 minutes until the section is sealed off Gail says that they better get moving. He calls Rick to tell him that the door lock has been bypassed and they are on their way out. But did you notice how fast he says this after he gets on the radio? Yeah. Like, he's pressing his radio and then basically talking at the same time. I'm fairly sure he cut, like, the start of his own sentence off. Yeah, he's just ready to go, though. So the music, Make Your Choice, now kicks in. Rick says that that's a great idea, but the whole area is crawling with dinosaurs and they won't be able to make it out. Gail tells him not to sweat it, and he'll take them out one by one if required. Rick replies, tell him it's a great plan, but he has another way out. That there's an emergency hatch in Kirk's private quarters, and we can leave that way. He calls it a private quarters, but it's it's a private lab, really. Yeah, and I mean, this Gail is like a very gung-ho guy. He's like, you will just break our way through, through skill. Uh, Regina asks Rick if he's sure, and he replies yes, but it's passworded. Gail says forget it. If they can't get the code before the dinos rush in, they'll be trapped. Rick says that he knows, but he'll have to trust him. Gail says that he doesn't, and asks Regina to make a choice. Gail leaves through the doors to fight the dinos and escape, but of course he kills nothing, just like Rick earlier. Yeah. So this time, I went with Gail's method. What about yourself? I went with Rick. I followed Rick. You followed Rick? Yeah. Well, that's good, because they're both, they're both reconvene in the same place, so I'll quickly go through mine, and then you can go through yours. Yeah. And then we'll go back to the same area. So basically, I just run out via the corridor move through the library into the main hallway. After then you run straight on back to hall B1. As you're going through this there's about two or three dinos per room so there was like two in the corridor, two in the the library area, two more in the next corridor. Then when I hit the hall B1 there was another dino there and I think it might have been that dino that attacked you when you investigated the um, you know the broken grate. Oh yeah. Because now that was lying on the floor and I don't think it was previously. Okay. So now that one is out there. Finally, I'm moving to the carrying out room, and that's when Regina runs into the warehouse and sees Gale. How did your method go? Well, I went into the experimental experiment simulation, simulation lab again, um, and then you walk up to the console and it says, you can release the emergency hatch with this computer terminal. Will you? I was like, well, okay, why else did I come in here? So, yeah, I did that. And then Rick rings her on our thing, and he's like, he's got it. And he's like, I just cracked into the mother system. 
That seems a very strange name for a term. The mother system. Yeah, the mother system. Okay, yeah. And then he said, but that's just the beginning. So he says that the code for the hatch auto rewrites itself. So um, he said, we have access to it, but we've just got two chances. So you have to input um, three codes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are three different tasks. It's basically yeah. you come on the screen and there are six cards. They look like playing cards, but they're, they're turned over. Um, yeah. And the first one, so he says you must input them in the order that they appear. So the first one, the cards flip over in turn, but then turn down. So it's like that game, you know, right. where you try to memorize pairs. So I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, so the first one was relatively easy. So I think it was A, B, C, A, B. So I, that was easy. You just saw the cards, put it in. That was the first one. The next one then, what happened was two cards would flip over, but one would be blank and the other one would have a letter on it. But mm-hmm. I think that was just to put you off. So if you just ignored the blank and you looked at the letter one, that was A-D-D-D-E-D-A. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was fine. And then the last one was all the cards flipped over. Five of them would flip back slower um, faster right. than one and your la- whatever the last one was to, to flip over so again that was relatively straightforward but that meant that had one two three four five six seven eight things to remember so eight letters but if you had a piece of paper you could just write it down yeah so once you put in the three codes the hat opened and then you come out at the carrying out room b1 and then you start walking down the carrying out b1 corridor um, and you come to a ladder and then just as you're approaching the ladder it goes to a cutscene, and I'm assuming this is where you came back to me. And it's a guy in a lab coat with long blonde hair, and it's Doctor Kirk. Yeah, yeah. So the music, the elusive Doctor Kirk plays, and Gail. For you, was Gail also interrogating him? No, Gail hadn't shown up yet on mine. It was just Doctor Kirk, and um, Regina says, um, "Oh, we've come to." She was like, "Doctor Kirk, um, we're we've come to help." We're representatives from your nation's government. And Kirk then starts laughing. He's like, I'm touched. And what do you government agents want with me? And then Gail appears and tells him to shut up and that he's coming with them, even if he has to knock him out and drag him out by himself. And then Kirk says, well, according to the government, I'm officially deceased. Um, And Gail says, well, if that's the way you want it, I'd be happy to oblige. So what would be genius? That's exactly what it says here. So it's in the same place with the same text. So then Kirk tells Gail to relax and that a study is entering its final stages, stating it is magnificent, but he can't leave until he's analysed the results. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Did you notice something about Kirk, though? Dr. Kirk, he has a British accent. So he's British, yeah. He's a classic villain because there's lots of classic British villain in movies and whatnot. So I was just thinking about British villains. Scar from The Lion King. <laughs> he was British. Yeah. Uh, Loki from the Avengers he's British yeah um, Shere Khan from the Jungle Book he's got a British accent alright um, Grand Moff Tarkin the guy from Star Wars the actor for the life of me Peter Cushing is it or the other guy anyway yeah from Star Wars he's got a British accent mm-hmm. um, and then I can't think of anybody else but that's just pretty much loads of them yeah it is but to to take a step back then do you remember when we were looking at the emails right back in episode one yeah and it says that he was part of he was had to repatriate him yeah so does this mean and it said repatriate him something like repatriate him isn't it repatriate him yeah back to his own country but like it said repatriate him back to 
this country or our country. So I assume this team is just like hired mercenaries, right? Well, no. I mean, they could be American or I don't know. I mean, he could have a British accent, but he could be an American citizen. Could be an American citizen, I suppose. It just seemed a bit funny when you think back to the first bit, how it says, you know, bring him back. And then it turns out he sounds British anyway. Yeah. Gail then tells him he doesn't care about the results and he's taking him back under orders and he has to shut up and follow him. Turning to Regina, he tells her to locate the communications facility and to call in the extraction chopper. Well, we know where that is. Oh, yeah. no, sorry, we know where the antenna room is, not the communications facility. Yeah. Kirk protests, saying that they can't do this, and he has rights. It's like, it's a bit funny, because like there's dinosaurs everywhere, and he's complaining, like, oh, no, I've got rights, you can't do this to me. It's like, well, come on, there's a, you know, there's a raptor on every single corner. Yeah. Gil tells him he's government property and they should take it up with them. He protests more, saying that they can't do this to him and that he was deserted three years ago and now that they want him back. Gil tells him to forget it, but Kirk calls him he calls him some like names, doesn't he? He says like you're a like a flat headed goon or something. Oh yeah, like jarhead. Jaw like a flat jarhead, yeah, something like that. But then Gail interrupts him before he can even finish it. That was the name of a movie as well, Jarhead. It had Jarhead Jar- was about yeah. the army. I'm, I'm guessing that's a it. term for soldiers, jarheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a derogatory term, to be honest. Again, Gail tells him to shut up and asks where the communications room is. Kirk says, take the elevator up from the control room. So I was wrong about that because I said, oh, I bet we escaped through there at the end. So that's my prediction gone. But I still think Gail's evil. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's no doubt about it now in my mind. Well, well, well when, what happens next? Anyway, go on. Gil tells him that he needs a card to get there, and he knows Kirk has it, so demands it off him while pointing his gun at Kirk. Kirk agrees and hands the card over to Regina. Gil motions for Kirk to move on, and Kirk hangs his head in disappointment and walks forward. A bit like a petulant child, isn't it? Yeah. Gil tells Regina that they're all set, but he'll stay at the heliport. Regina's confused and asks him where he's going, and he says he has a little unfinished business to take care of. He finishes with, I'll drop this guy off with Rick, and walks off. Regina, seemingly puzzled, says to herself, unfinished business? Which I can understand why, because what's this guy been doing? You know, he disappears for 20, 30 minutes at a time. He sat on terminals, typing away, and then now he has some unfinished business, quote-unquote. Yeah, and but then she's like monologued herself, unfinished business. Because he's gone off mm. now with this guy, and he's going to drop him off with Rick. So it, sounds, it seems like this guy and Rick, he might be getting rid of both of them. Maybe, yeah, just line them up and shoot them. Yeah. The game drops us to the map and the control room is flashing. So I went back there via the hallway for carrying materials. And as we go through the room and you exit the warehouse, the music to the communication room plays. So I went back to the control room via the B1 generator, through the back office hallway to the main entrance, and through the save room and into the control room. Did you go the same way? Yeah, pretty much. So now we can interact with the lift and we use the ID card. So we get in the lift press the button and it starts to travel up towards the communication room reaches the top and the doors open and straight away you notice there's a red box on the wall so I opened this one, used a plug and get some extra bullets, quite handy there's some shotgun shells on the ground and there's various notes and computer consoles one of the computer consoles says the electrical field is unstable perhaps the antenna is the source of the problem then a memo which reads, the antenna will be stored temporarily tonight due to the experiment. See, I had read this before, that memo. You hadn't, because I told you about this ages ago, in episode two, episode one. So yeah. I had said that the antenna is stored somewhere, so that must be, we'll, that's how we'll get out. 
yeah yeah you did you did mention that but it wasn't obviously this note because we couldn't get in this room at the time but it was a similar note in the um antenna room wasn't it yeah finally there's a box next to the door which says antenna activation key card for emergency use only and the box flips open and we can take the key card and it's stored in an inventory so now we can lock the door and leave well it turns out if you hadn't checked the map we're in a save room so you can save it that's good and then out of this room takes us to the bottom of the passageway to the communications antenna. So we've unlocked the door because I think it was locked from the other side. And you run all the way to the end because we know where we're going here. And we enter the communications antenna room. Did you not think that something was going to happen when you were walking across that walkway? I got a feeling that it would, but it, nothing happened. Well, I got that feeling the first time I went down there, like in episode one, I think I said, oh, there was something at the end with a locked door. And when I ran down the first time, I thought, oh, something's going to happen here. And I never did then. So I guess I kind of didn't really think about it this time. Yeah. So in the room, we can use the key card and it goes in the slot for the activation of the antenna. Once that's done, a computer boots up and it gives a message. The antenna activation key has been set. Preparations for antenna activation are complete. Regina walks up to the console and presses some buttons. In front of the room, there's like a trapdoor which slides open, then the antenna comes out, but it looks more like a satellite dish to me rather than an antenna. Yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, I guess... A satellite I is what, it for, Sort of. You can have just like a satellite phone or a satellite, you know, satellites are for sending messages as well. It just, when I think of the word antenna, I just think of a, like a large sort of coiling aerial. But um, there's no reason why this couldn't be an antenna either. But there's nothing else to do, so we leave. And as we get back outside, there's some rumbling and heavy footsteps. The music, giant fang bite, starts to play. The doors behind and to the left of Regina lock, and she turns around to see what the sound was. The radio then beeps, and it's Rick, and he asks what's happened. He tells her that the emergency lock on the second floor has just activated. As he is asking, the camera is looking from above Regina, and the T-Rex has returned, and it's growling. Regina tells him she's a bit busy right now, and demands that he does something about it. The camera then switches to behind Regina, and once again she's face to face with the T-Rex. Rick tells her not to sweat it, and he'll release the locks. The beast then attacks, knocking over some Acorn units, which sends Regina flying to the ground. She gets up, and now we have to run. And if you don't run, you die instantly, so you have yeah. to do it. And the T-Rex is in pursuit, and it attacks once, and it will knock Regina down, and she'll fall over. So when she gets up, you run, and you get towards the door. And it's pretty... Uh, I-, I died a few times here, to be honest, because if you're too slow turning, you die. You need to use the fast turn. If you run out with the door, you'll die because you spent too long. And if you too slow on the trigger, you'll die because you didn't shoot it. So it's, it's a bit of a rinse and repeat of the first time you met the T-Rex. That's what it thinks that you put on for a shotgun to make it shoot faster. You have to be pretty quick off the trigger because it's harder to see it. And it, I think it comes in a lot quicker than previous. Yeah. But you shoot it and then eventually, after you shoot it about five or six times, Rick will say, it's open, you're all clear. So spin around and run and get inside. Once you're inside, cutscene starts straight away. Regina sits down on the computer and hits some buttons. Do you not try, do, can, I, can I just yeah. ask one question? Yeah, yeah. You, she just had a, uh, an interaction with a bloody massive T-Rex. She's lucky mm-hmm. to not die. As soon as she enters the room, she's as calm as anything, and she's off on the computer again, just sitting down as if nothing happened. Well, she's a highly trained agent, you know. She's trained for any contingency, such as... Dinosaurs. T-Rexes, dinosaurs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's... 
you know, no one's going to be trained for that sort of nah. thing, are they? Nah. No one's going to expect that to happen at all. The helicopter pilot appears on screen and asks if Regina copies. And Regina is pretty relieved to get a signal. The music, Get to the Heliport, then starts to play. He tells her that the signal is weak and there's a lot of interference in what's her status. She replies and that she'll give them a short version, as she calls it an abridged version, doesn't she? She says the mission is complete, but they need to scrub the initial plans and he must do a pickup at the heliport immediately. The pilot questions this, but Regina tells him that the island is a bloodbath. The only survivor not on the team is the Doctor, and she'll give the details later, but to pick them up ASAP. The pilot confirms this and tells her he is on his way. Then, as you walk towards the lift, the radio beeps again. It's Rick asking what the situation is. She tells him the chopper is en route. Rick tells her, great, get moving, and remember, she's the main entrance to get the heliport. So we get in the lift and go down, out the control room, and we have to go through the save room to get the front entrance. So as we come through the save room, we can save it and end tonight's session here. So how did you find this section of the game? Yeah, I thought it was alright. I mean, I think we kind of knew we were going to be in the up going that direction anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you did mention it previously. I mean, the T-Rex was a bit of... was difficult. Some of the puzzles were a bit more difficult. I think the pipe one... <clears throat> excuse me, the pipe one was a bit more difficult. The, uh, Kirk? I don't know. I'm kind of a bit disappointed by him. I expected more from Are him. Are you? Really? Oh, I, t- I expect him to be more mad scientist, but he wasn't. Maybe, maybe... What more? Um, the Doc from Back to the Future type of scientist. Yeah, or a I don't know. Rick. Rick and Morty scientist. Maybe. Or a kind of a Metal Gear Solid scientist. He doesn't seem... I don't know. Like Hal Emmerich. Maybe. He seemed more like Liquid Snake than a scientist. I don't know. And he didn't put up much of a fight. Well, again, he's just knows? a scientist, yeah, isn't I he? Suppose but he is. who knows what he's going to try later. Yeah. Well, maybe nothing because Gail's going to take care of unfinished business. Well, yeah, that's the thing. What, what Gail's deal? I don't know what Gail's He's got to be a bad guy. He does. I mean, there's if there if this is going to be the big twist where Gail is actually the bad guy, then, you know, that's not much of a twist. On, well, it's just Albert Wesker. It's Resident Evil again. What if it? it turns out that Rick is the bad guy? And he was pretending to be the funny guy all, all along, or the guy you didn't suspect, like um, Kaiser Soze in The Usual Suspect. <laughs> what if uh, we're the bad guy? What if Regina is actually the bad person in all this? No. She's not the bad person. I don't think so. No, she couldn't no. be. The protagonist is never the bad person. It can be. I don't want to spoil games for people, though, but I can name some games where it turns out you're the bad guy all along. I can't think of any. Bioshock. I haven't played Bioshock. Yeah, well, you're not really the bad guy all along, but, I mean, you're doing a sort of couple of bad things. Um, but there was, what, um, spoilers for anyone, but there's that old one, there's the Knights of the Old Republic, just... where you wake up as this Jedi uh, with no memory, with amnesia, and you go right through the game and you find out you're a Sith Lord. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Well, yeah, there must be other ones. I, I'm pretty sure I've played some, some that I can remember, but... Let's see. Ten games where you unwillingly play as the villain. So like I said, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, Bioshock's in there. The Last of Us, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you play The Last of Us? I played them, yeah. And then Joel stops yeah. them taking Ellie's stuff. Yeah. Uh, other ones, I think, just look the ones that I've actually played. Named other ones, because I might have played them that you haven't played. 
That's true. So, of course, the rest of the list. Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, prototype, which I didn't play, no. but I know of it. Amnesia Justine. I've never really no. played Amnesia because it's too scary. Heavy Rain. Oh, God, yes. Heavy Rain. How did I not think of Heavy Rain? You do. Yeah. That's probably one of the best games for a year. Yes. Um, Braid, which I've played. It's a metaphor for the atomic bomb. Okay. Shadow of the Colossus, which I've played as well. But it's because it's kind of weird. Shadow of the Colossus, you have to attack these 16 colossi. Yeah. And they don't, they don't do anything to harm anyone. And you just come along on your horse and slay them, you know. The thing in Heavy Rain as well is you play a number of characters. So there won't be a spoiler for anybody because you won't know who the bad person is. Yeah. Well, a lot of these, all of these are very old games, to be fair. Um, and there was a spoiler warning for people, right? <laughs> anyway, it's a bit of a sidebar that anyhow, isn't it? So, can we move on to tonight's dinosaur fact? Dinosaur fact. Um, the oldest dinosaur, or the oldest known dinosaur, is Saltopus, which means hopping foot. And it was a small carnivore that lived 245 million years ago. And mm-hmm. the remains of this dinosaur have only ever been found in one place, and that's Scotland. So dinosaurs may have originated in scotland because it's the oldest known dinosaur so there you go wow dinosaurs may be scottish or whatever scotland was part of back in that time yeah it was on a pangea back then no i think pangea was way before that it'll have been some kind of it'll have been part of some other merged together continents or something yeah yeah in what is now modern day scotland that's where dinosaurs began right so now Scotland is famous for two things, Iron Brew, Owen Braveheart, and dinosaurs. Also, the Loch Ness Monster is probably a dinosaur. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, so anyone from Scotland who listens to us, please let us know your thoughts about Scottish dinosaurs. Oh, well, that, uh, that's great. Thank you very much for that. Cool. Okay, well, hope you enjoyed it tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Talk to you later. Bye.